Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Darlinghurst is a Golden Guitar Award-winning act from Melbourne in Victoria. They're originally a four-piece and they are now a duo comprising original members Cassie Leopold and Pagan Newman. And they have a great new single, Unapologetic, which I'm very keen to talk to Pagan about. So she is here to do just that. Hello, Pagan. Hey, how are you going? Very well, thank you. And I really do love the song. I'm going to go straight to talking about it. So it is called Unapologetic and it has a very powerful vocal and harmonies and you and Cassie switch lead vocal I'm not share lead vocal I should say um it is a different sound to the previous Darlinghurst songs it definitely is and I think that us becoming a duo I think it was great for us to you know head towards a new direction and you know give it something that we haven't been able to give it before and sort of just put our little you know personal stamp on it yeah. Is it, a, is it a conscious new direction or was it a conscious new direction when you got to the studio to record this song or was it something that evolved while you were doing it? It definitely evolved. Um, and the guys from M Squared, you know, have we've worked with them before. So for them, once they heard the basis of the song that we wrote, they took it in a direction that we were so happy with. And it sort of, for us, it was like, well, here we, we, we're really getting to sing. We're really getting to, like, mm-hmm. like give something our, you know, our all. Yeah. It must be great when you've worked with producers for a while and they can come to you with that different perspective on your work, something that, that you may not have detected just because you're so deeply in it. That's my favourite thing and that's why I love um, doing collabs and doing co-writing is because, other people coming into the into the little circle, they give you things that you would never have thought of and you think, oh, my goodness, I love that so much. And even little, you know, little um, melodic changes or little, you know, pitch changes, is, it, it makes such a big difference on the impact of a song. And, you know, we love that sort of stuff and we are so open to it because I think it can take a song from one level to the next. Mm-hmm. So when was the first time you worked with M Squared? When we did Pretty Doesn't Make You Good. Right, okay. <laughs> and um, was that just you'd heard you'd heard they were great to work with or that was a specific, you know, you, you wanted to work with them? We wanted to work with them. We'd heard some of the stuff that they'd done and we had known of both of the guys beforehand and we'd worked with um, Parisi beforehand. And um, to know what they do separately and then come together and do was just amazing and Michael Painter, I don't know anyone that can get what he can get out of a vocal. It's just, it, it makes you feel so comfortable to be around. So it was really, really cool. So that's that's an interesting way to put it when you say you, you don't know anyone who can get what he can out of a vocal. Do you just mean like the verbal encouragements he gives you as a singer or even like technical things of can you can you push this, can you do this? A hundred percent. Um you know, because I'm a music teacher and a singing teacher, I um, I love getting such a specific um, direction but then using it with what I have got to give. So he just makes everything very easy 
to grasp. And I think as a vocalist, you feel so comfortable with what he's telling you because he says it so succinctly and so well that you're like, okay, let's do this. And then you're like, oh, didn't know I could do that. (laughs) So I'd imagine given that you you are an experienced vocalist and a singer, a singing teacher, as you said, um, there could be some resistance actually. You think, oh, no, I know what I'm doing. Like he can't tell me what to do, but clearly you're really open to getting as much as you can out of your voice and as much information as you can generally. Well, 100%, no one will ever know enough about any, like, topic. So and I think that you can use the advice that people would give you to help you then get to the next part of, you know, who you are as a vocalist and who you are as an artist. And I think that anyone that sort of is hesitant to that is doing themselves a disservice. Mm -hmm. So have you always been like that as a singer from when you started? Yeah, I, I started singing when I was eight. Mm-hmm. So um, this is sort of all I've, I've known and I think that you take certain things from different artists and, like, I used to always love Whitney Houston and Aretha Franklin and Tina Turner and all those, you know, huge powerhouse vocalists. But, you know, as you get older, you you find different genres and you find ways to find those smaller parts and, like, how beautiful little intricacies can be and you definitely learn from everyone that you can hear from. Uh, you mentioning those influences though does tell me a bit because at the start of this song it's like you really grab our attention with that vocal and we're right in it but that is a that's a that's a Tina Turner thing to do as well and Aretha Franklin thing to do. Yeah thank you um I think for us too this song was like let's let's give it something we haven't given normally I will in previously I've taken all the big vocal and I was like I want to I said let's swap cats I said let me go first and mm. then you build it um and then we'll do the choruses together and I think um you know I love the fact that I'm working with such another like with such a phenomenal singer with cats um who's you know become my best mate that we just give everything a crack and you know if it didn't work it didn't work but She's like, yeah, yeah, we'll give it a crack and see how we go. But I, I, I love that we're both open to giving everything a bit of a shot. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, given that you have been singing together for a while before Darlinghurst as well, um, whether you actually rehearse things that much. So before you go into the studio to record, do you actually feel the need to practice much, or do you just know each other well enough that you can rely on what on that when you get in there? Um, I think it depends on what is at stake. Um, And because we're both super busy, we both have full-time jobs. Um, At the moment, it's getting pretty difficult. So, And we know exactly, like, I know exactly what she's going to do at every moment and she does know for me, like, even our tones and so so that we can blend together in a certain way. Um, But we do go over everything because for us this is not a game. Like, we are here not to mess around we we want to be at the best of our ability all the time mm-hmm. um because for us this means everything and we we want to give it everything mm-hmm. well and i think that's a way of saying um this is just a shameless segue back to the song tile you're unapologetic about being ambitious for your mm-hmm. music so i'm wondering what else you are unapologetic about in life um i think i've gotten to the point in my life that i'm unapologetic about most things um you know sometimes it's very hard to be taken for who you are 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you sort of want to sometimes just go with the flow and mold to what people want you to be. Um, but I can't do that. <laughs> I, um, I am who I am, if you like it. That is amazing. If you don't, whatever. Um, and I think this is what this song is about, that doesn't matter what people say. doesn't matter if you don't fit the mould, you fit yourself. And you are here to be who you are because nobody else can. So why would you not be? Well, I guess it would also be true in music in that there are probably a few people saying, oh, you should sound like this or you should do that. There's this gap here or, or more likely, why don't you sound like these other people who are doing this? Because we tend to to like yeah. or look the way yeah, that yeah. or look yeah so um yes as, as an artist I wouldn't so you and Cassie have more than earned your ability to be unapologetic about the musical direction you want to take no thank you so much and I, I just think that you know country music is such a great plat like platform for being who you are and for people accepting you for who you are um everyone knows me as a bit of a loud fun drinker (laughs) but I think that you know why not make yourself like why not be who you are and why not enjoy your life and if someone has a problem with that you can tell me I don't mind but I'm not going to change because it makes you uncomfortable yeah um, I think that is a great life philosophy. Um, I would imagine that at the point that you and Cassie decided to go forward as a duo, it felt almost like a like a very natural evolution because because you do sing together so well and know each other so well. Yeah, we've been singing together now for about fifteen years. So, um, you know, and we started this project as a duo, and it feels like this is where we needed to be to move forward in the best way possible mentally physically Hmm. you know musically um everything when we sing together just feels right yeah Uh, and I can hear that in the song like it's it's as I said it's a different sound it's a really powerful song and also it sounds different to me I hear a lot of music um and I was like oh haven't heard (laughs) this like this is this is great and it made me want more so I'm wondering I'm sure there is more to come but what are you planning in terms of writing and recording yeah, we've got a few songs up our sleeves and we've got a few songs too that we did uh, co-write with the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got some songs um, up our sleeves that we've co-written together and mm-hmm. um, that's all we want to do. We want to just get some new stuff out. We want to tour as much as possible um, because that's what we love the most. We love being on stage and we love meeting everyone and, you know, just getting amongst it. So it's touring and recording and writing and just doing as much as we possibly can. Had the two of you written together, just the two of you before starting Darling Host? Yeah, we, we'd done little bits and pieces and I think that's why we wanted to then um, go into the original scene because we'd been in the cover scene and the tribute scene for such a long time mm-hmm. and we'd both missed writing and recording and doing all that sort of stuff. So and we work, we're very different writers, but it works um, because I think we, it's the yin and yang sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I can't I can't wait to do so much more writing with her this year, just the two of us because it's, it's um, you know, getting back to the basis of our friendship and 
you know, what we love doing the most. So when you say you're very different writers, do you mean that one of you is music focused and one is lyric focused or just your processes are quite different? I think our processes are quite different, but I I also like am a musical writer. Like I'm very much will write chords. Okay. Um and Cassie is very much like a poetic writer and she's okay. a story writer, whereas I will grab bits and pieces from here and there and um and develop from like as you go um mm-hmm. but somehow it's always worked with us because we've just gone like okay this one this one this one this one like it's just like we sort of know where we want to go and add words that we can't think of ourselves but we know that's what we're thinking of <laughs> and obviously you you feel that you're better together prompting each other than just going and working in isolation there's no one in this world that I want to be here with over her. Like I couldn't do it without her. I'm sure she'd say the same thing about you, but what a beautiful thing to feel for someone. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. She's she's my soul sister. <laughs> <laughs> and is that when you first met and when you first started performing together in that cover scene, as you mentioned, did you feel that that connection and kinship then, or was it something that evolved through the work? It's definitely evolved. I think it was very funny because I came into a band to initially replace Cassie. Um, she was going overseas to do some acting work and I came into the band and then she came back and um, we were doing all that cover stuff together and we decided to go out on our own and it was sort of ever since that decision to do a duo and do covers as a duo that what we had really formed and we were like, Okay, this we like. I feel like we have something that I couldn't get with anybody else. Like it just felt abnormally amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and given that you have a few things going on, full time jobs, as you mentioned, and and all sorts of you know responsibilities that life has, do you get the time to meet in person to write, or do you do the Zoom co writes? Um, both. Um, I think no matter what, we always make time. For each other like I had Christmas at my house and then or with my parents at lunch and then I made my way up to her place which is like two and a half hours away um and had dinner with her and her family we've always been like family and for me that means the most because it helps you understand who you are with and and, and it sort of makes a thing that no matter what's going on I've got her. You know what I mean? And, and it's it just makes everything that little bit easier. Yeah. And when it comes to stagecraft as well, I would imagine that's that's so handy because you don't need to explain to each other or even really cue each other on stage. Uh, although sometimes we tend to talk a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> to each other or to the crowd? <laughs> bit of both, to be honest. I'm like, oh, we're, sorry, Mike, don't mind us. And then it's, a bit, it's like, okay, let's sing. That's what they came here for. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of being on stage, there's another shameless um, segue. Where you are going to the Tamworth Country Music Festival, um, which at the time we're speaking uh, is, is not that far away, and you will be playing at, doing a few things, including the big Country Rocks in the Park show at Bicentennial Park on the last Saturday night. Now, that's a big, big night to be on because that's probably the most packed day and night of the entire festival. Are you excited about the festival generally? I can't wait. I love Tamworth. I I love, like, I love the fact that it goes 
for such a long time because you do have chances to catch up and see other people and sort of get amongst it a lot more, which I don't know. I love all those atmospheres of festivals. Like I feel it makes me really excited. Um, and like fan zone and all that kind of stuff is just you're right in it. So it's it's really cool. And, you know, that was our first launching pad at, you know, the start. I think the first Tamworth that we did, we did 11 shows in 10 days um, and we just ploughed through it and it was just such a cool experience that I think, you know, we we love being there and then winning the gold, like a golden guitar. Like I've never cried so much in my life. Um, everyone's like thinks that I'm such like a, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm like the sook. <laughs> So um, tell everyone. <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> I can be both. <laughs> Remember, you won that golden guitar at the 50th Golden Guitar Award, so that was a landmark one to win it at. Uh, it, it meant so much. I mean, unfortunately, on film, they got me saying something, like mouthing something very inappropriate that ended up on the waves. Um, but I didn't in my speech, so that's all that mattered. But like as they turned around me, my mouth was saying what I shouldn't have been saying. <laughs> well, you gotta have a spontaneous reaction, you know. <laughs> and mine normally goes right to the gutter. <laughs> but it's it's spontaneous and therefore from the heart. It's it's what you want to express. I think because yeah, I was there that night and you performed as well. And I remember thinking for nominees who were performing, that's pretty nerve-wracking. Like you gotta you know, you got to get up and and, you, and your category hasn't been announced yet and, yeah. So do you remember much about that night at all? I I remember everything until we won. Okay. Oh, I remember the next half an hour because we're trying to do all the interviews and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> throughout the whole thing, so I don't think I talk. Um, I think probably everyone was really glad about that. But, <laughs> um when I hop on stage, though, I don't, like I know that because there was four of us, that like, everyone's so different. But I feel at ease as soon as I hop on the stage. So for me, that was my like, okay, I'm comfortable. Right. Whereas like the red carpet and other things, like I'm like, oh my god, I look like an idiot. So I guess for you, the stage is like your flow state, right? Like you just enter enter this different zone. Singing for me is a feeling I've never been able to replicate. Mm -hmm. It is my safe place. It is the place that I can be my true self. Um, it's just, it's like my haven. Mm -hmm. Is that more so in live performance or does it also happen in the studio? In the studio too because I you know, recorded I think the first time when I was about eight. So I've been doing, I've been recording for a long time and, um, yeah, doing it since I was a bub. And for me, as you know, the first time I sang, that's when I knew that that is what I wanted to do. So for me, just being able to sing in general, like even if it's at home, I feel so good. Yeah, right. Um, at eight, I imagine walking into a studio would have been quite an interesting experience. It's not the usual set of toys for an eight-year-old to play with. No, it definitely wasn't, and it was such a bizarre 
experience. I remember the first song I recorded was Whitney Houston's Greatest Love of All. And um, I just, in my head, I was like, no, you've got this. And I don't even know why. Like, what kind of a kid says that? Um, But it's, I've always felt more comfortable singing than, you know, talking, which seems rare now because you can't shut me up. I am very pleased to be talking to you because you're saying lots of interesting things. Uh, but just in terms of you being the eight-year-old who thinks, oh, yeah, I know what I'm doing here, yeah, I, I don't think it's impossible to believe that an eight-year-old can have a sense of destiny you know, or a sense of of being in the right place. There are some people who particularly who pursue creative paths, I think, who often recall at a young age having a real sense of of who they were and maybe it's that feeling you had when you sang, you're just like, well, this is this is something I want to keep having for the rest of my life. Oh, and I, I, I feel like it was the only place I could feel every emotion. Mm-hmm. So for me that was, it was, yeah, it was my safe haven. So there was something different always singing than being around everyone. Yeah, and I think it's that point you make about where you can feel every emotion because, yeah, little children get policed, um, like adults' emotions get policed, but it starts early. Mm. Oh, no, don't cry. It's it's adults saying, oh, I don't, I don't want to see you upset. Don't cry around me or whatever. But, yes, in when you're singing in a song and, and taking on other people's stories, you can let all of that out. A hundred percent. I feel like for me growing up, I didn't really let people know how I felt. Mm. And so I would just use it when I sang. So now when I sing, it's me like letting everything out. And I, and I love it because, you know, people do see a different side of me when they see our performance, then, well, they get to see still the naughty side. But, (laughs) you know, with the ballads and with, you know, stuff that we've experienced, they get to see the fact that, oh, she's not heartless. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you're also making a very good case as to why people should come and see you perform in Tamworth, particularly in the park, because it's a big space to fill um, and a, a crowd that's looking to be entertained. And I'm sure you and Cassie will be entertaining them. But you are playing fan zone as well. And you've got some other gigs too. So I think, I can't remember the exact number. It was at least five. Yeah, we've got our um, headliner show at Moonshiners on the Tuesday the 23rd at 12, mm-hmm. which I'm really looking, I love Moonshiners. It is such a, it has this like cool underground prohibition vibe to it, which I like. I like the fact that it's really dark and it's really moody. Um and it feels a bit intimate too, so I feel like you can see everyone in the audience, which I really love because it makes it feel a bit more intimate. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, and Fanzone's always fun because the folks are right there looking to be entertained, um, so I'm sure you'll have a great festival. And then as the year goes on, obviously, you and Cassie need to work out your schedules for future gigs you play, but as you're releasing new music, I would imagine you are expecting or hoping to play like around Victoria, maybe up the Eastern Seaboard. Yeah, well, we've, we've, um, we're in the midst of locking a few more festivals in for the rest of the year around Australia and um, really trying to get up north a little bit more and um, expand it a little bit because um, we love up in um, Queensland and we love the hot weather. We're just not in it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you poor Victorians. It's, it's cold too much of the year. <laughs> well, until you release new music, people can listen to Unapologetic, which I do thoroughly recommend and and those who are at Tamworth can catch you there. Pagan, it's been great to talk to you. Thanks for your time. Oh, thank you so much. It's been so good to talk to you. 
Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.